Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. So we want to talk about God's promise for 2024, and that is um, the God of the overflow. That in Genesis chapter 1, God reveals Himself to Abraham as the God of the overflow. He says to Abraham, I am all you need. He says to Abraham, I am the all-sufficient one. He says to Abraham, I am more than enough. That really is what El Shaddai means. It means more than enough. We used to sing a song back in the 80s, more than enough, he's more than enough. He is El Shaddai, the God of plenty. I'll tell you that God is still the same. He still is more than enough. He still well is able to he still is well able to take care of all of your needs. He still is able to open a door where the door is closed. He still is able to get you out of the pit. He still is able to break through on your behalf. He still is able come on to be a difference maker in your life. Our God is still able. It doesn't matter what the economy says. God is still able because God loves you and God is for you. Genesis 17 verse 1, the Bible says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and He said to him, I am Almighty God. Not some God. I am the Almighty God. Literally translated, I'm El Shaddai. He says, walk before me and be blameless and I will make my covenant between me and you and I will multiply you exceedingly. Say amen to that. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. So God says, I'm not done with you. I'm going to take you, listen, from the impossible to the possible until my promise is done in your life. No longer shall your name be Abram. You're not going to camp in the past. But your name shall be Abraham. Oh, come on, you're not going to camp in your failure. You're not going to camp in your mistakes. You're not going to camp in yesterday. You're not going to camp in your disappointments. You are going to camp in what God says about you. God says your name shall be Abraham. God says you shall be blessed. God says you will be a father of many nations. God says I will make your name great. Come on, God says you will lend to many nations and you will not borrow. God says I am for you and not against you. No longer shall your name be called forsaken or barren or broken. No longer shall you settle or camp and dwell in your yesterday because God says, behold, I will do a new thing. Shall you not know it? God says, consider not the former thing. Do not camp or dwell in your past, Abraham. Do not camp or dwell in the identity of yesterday, the abuse that you faced, the hurt that you faced, the betrayal that you faced. Make up your mind to accept what I say about you. I am the Almighty God. I am the All-Sufficient One. I am 
El Shaddai. I am the mighty God. I will get you out of your disappointment. I will get you out of your setback. I will get you out of your hurt. I will get you out of your brokenness. No longer shall your name be Abraham. No longer shall you be a Gideon hiding in the wine press. No longer will you be a Jacob, a deceiver, a supplanter. Because God says, I will put my hand upon you and I will call you into a greater and a brighter and a better future in the name of Jesus. No matter how bad the pain, no matter how long the delay, God says, I make your name Abraham. That means I have a future and I have a hope for you. Come on, say amen today in Jesus' name. He says, I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Now, this conversation is 13 years after Abram and Hagar is trying to help God and Ishmael is born. This is 13 year, years after Abram heard God or Abram heard God speak to him. There's 13 years of silence and they come up with a plan B. They say, we're gonna help God and Ishmael is born. And God said, I'll bless him, but that's not my plan for your life. How many of you say, I want all God has for me. I don't want to settle for a measure of God's blessing. I don't want to settle for second best. I don't want to settle for a good idea. I want God's idea. And if it takes a little bit longer, I'm okay with it. Because I know my God will make a way. I know my God is the all-sufficient one. I know my God will sustain me through the pit, through the pot, through the prison. And His time, He will get me to the palace of overflow. Somebody shout overflow and give the Lord a praise. Come on. Oh, give Him a praise. Hallelujah. So He says, your name will not be called Abram. For you shall be Abraham, for I've made you the father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. You can say amen to that. Amen. You're trusting God for a baby and you're married. You're going to have a baby. Angelique. God may just surprise you and Marnu. Say amen. Kumna Uma. Whatever two or three are grown is touching anything. Shall be done. You're not going to limit God. He's the God of the overflow. He's just going to look at you and you're going to fall pregnant. No, He has to do more than look at you, Marnu, please, biology. He said, well, I will establish my covenant between me and you. So this is 13 years later. After Abraham tried to help God, like we all sometimes do, right? After God goes silent on Abraham, we all feel that at times, God comes and reminds him. He says, I've not changed my mind about your future. Those circumstances you have faced have no relevance upon my plan for your life. But stop dwelling on the past. Stop camping in yesterday and begin to focus on the promise. Father of many nations, blessed, long life, health, prosperous, normal, in Jesus' Name. Do not focus on the adversity, but lift your eyes from the place where you are and see the land that I have for you. That's why the first part of this one song we sang, I said to Angelique, I don't like that part because that's negative. I don't wanna talk and say, why don't I trust God and why? And then suddenly I changed my mind in a minute in a worship service. No, I've decided before I walked in here, my God is faithful, my God is able, and I'm not gonna go up and down according to the circumstances of life. Say amen. 
So God reveals himself, himself, himself to Abraham as El Shaddai. El meaning mighty God. Means omnipotent. The one who has all the power. And I, can I tell you that God still has all the power? Not the devil. Not the government. God still has all the power. Not Hezbollah. Not anybody else. God still has all the power on the heaven and in earth. El means He's the strong one. Shaddai means the all-sufficient one. Now I want to break that down a little bit. All-sufficient means number one is your nourisher, like your mother was. Uh, literally, it means the many-breasted one. The one you go to when you need sustenance, when you need comfort, when you need healing, when you need peace, when you need guidance. Like only a mother can give you. God says, I am that in your life. I'm your nourisher. When you are weak, I will lift you up. When life gives you less, I will be the God of the overflow. I will heal your pain. I will calm your storm. I will walk you through the valley. I am the all-sufficient one. You're not going to find peace in a bottle of tablets. You're not going to find it in a bottle of alcohol. You're going to find peace in my presence. That's why God says to Abraham, walk with me. That's the key. Walk with El Shaddai. And no doubt who God is, He's El, He's mighty, He's omnipotent. There's nothing God cannot do. There's nothing impossible with God. Say Amen. No matter what people say, when people say it cannot be done, God pays attention. So uh, in, 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 in a pending recession, in turmoil out there, it's time for you to change your focus. It's time for you to dig a well in the second famine. It's time for you to lift your level of expectation. We're gonna look at that in a moment that your expectation precedes God's overflow in your life. So, so, so we cannot sit before God neutral and, and, and overwhelmed by circumstances and caught up in our past and become cynical and negative about life. So God says, number one, and we all need this, times of nourishment, times of refreshing, where we just come to God to be, to receive what God has for us. Peace, joy, strength, life. He says, I'm your nourisher. But that word also means I'm the God who pours out. So God pours, listen, into the empty spaces of your life. I'm gonna show that to you in a moment. So where there's dearth, God is wanting to pour in that area. Where there's barrenness, God is waiting for you to invite Him because He's the God that pours out. He pours out love. He pours out mercy. He pours out forgiveness. He pours out justice. He pours out provision. He pours out opportunity. But we have to acknowledge the empty spaces, but then bring those empty spaces or places to God and allow God to pour out. I'll say it again. And it, and, and it lines up with our series on prayer. That's why we have to walk with Him because that's where God is going to fill the empty spaces. Empty spaces in your mind. That's why it says you can't camp in Abraham. You can't, or Abraham, you can't camp in depression. You can't camp in disappointment. You can't camp in yesterday. You cannot camp in, 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 in bad situations. You have to change your focus and you have to lift your eyes again and you have to see the stars while you have scars in your life and you have to allow God to be your healer. Come on because listen, we sang it this morning. He still is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals you. He still is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord your peace. He still is Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. 
mighty my God shall supply all you need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Come on, he still is Jehovah Nisi. He's your banner, he's your victory on the battleground. You are not alone. He's the one who sustains you, he's the one who defends you. He still is Jehovah Tzitkinu, your righteousness. You are not a sinner, you are the righteousness of God, saved by grace. He is Jehovah Raha, he is the Lord, your shepherd, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He is still Jehovah Shammah. I am the Lord who is ever present. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But you have to allow me to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy. You have to allow me to anoint your head with fresh oil. You have to allow me to be the God who pours out whatever you need into that cup in the presence of your enemy. He will give you joy for morning. Come on. He will give you victory when you face defeat. Hallelujah. He will give you a breakthrough when it seems impossible because He is the God who pours out. Say Amen and give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Oh, give Him a praise in Jesus' Name. I'm doing better than most of you. Yesterday I had no voice. I was sick as a dog this week, but here I am this morning. Amen. So He says, it also means I'm the all-sufficient one. El Shaddai also means that God is all-sufficient, that you don't need to look outside of God. You don't need God plus. I said He's more than enough. He's more than enough. He's El Shaddai. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. He says, I am the Almighty. I am omnipotent. I am all powerful. I'm the one who nourishes you. I'm the one who pours out upon you. And I'm the one who will provide for you spirit, soul, and body in Jesus' name. So he is still El Shaddai today. No matter what we are facing, he still is El Shaddai. Say it this morning, say El Shaddai. I don't want to say that's an old 80s charismatic joke. He's not El Chipo, El Chapo. He's El Shaddai, more than enough. Not just enough. Nowhere in this Bible will you ever see God bless anybody with just enough love, just enough forgiveness, just enough um, mercy, just enough uh, uh, friends. He's the God of more than enough. But I'll say it again, what A.W. Tozer said, your image of God, your picture of God is the most important picture you can have of anything else in your life. Because how you view God will determine how you relate to Him. Pretty much with our fathers in this earth as well, I see some children are afraid of their fathers. Some children have no relationship with their fathers. But then you get those children that have that bold relationship. And that's really what God wants from us. We are His children, right? He demonstrated the love that He had for us 2,000 years ago on the cross. So we don't have to question God's intention. He says, I don't change. He says, every perfect gift comes from the Father of light, James 1 verse 17, with whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. That means God doesn't change. God doesn't have bad days. He doesn't have off days. He doesn't come one day and say, okay, I love you unconditionally and I want to bless you. 
and because of what you did, He changes. No, He never changes. His will towards you never changes because the Bible says He is, not He will be when we are. It says, I am, that great I am. So when he appears to Moses, Moses is now, not Moses, Abram is now 99 years old, Sarah is 89 years old. When Abram was 75 years old, God comes with a promise. This is 24 years later. So after 11 years, they try to help God. With the help of Sarah, of course, she's not the innocent one. She says, go to Hagar and let's have a baby through Hagar. Maybe that's what God meant. No, it's not what God meant And Ishmael is born. And we see the result of that today because God had to bless Ishmael as well when he heard him crying under a tree because he was connected to Abraham. So people that hate people in the Middle East, you're making a mistake. God loves all people. Yes, God has a plan with Israel, but God is not against the other people that live in the Middle East. They have to hear the Gospel as much as you and I say Amen today. So we need to pray for a revival in the Middle East. Of course we are against what uh, evil. Of course we are against the innocent, the murder of innocent and, and children. But we are against the murder of all people. South Africa, can we say amen? Because a lot of people who die in this country, nobody cares about it. We want to voice our opinion about what's happening over there while we have people die here every day, slaughtered, murdered. Maybe our government should pay focus on this country and make South Africa safe. A bold statement, but how many of you believe and, and can agree with that? Worry about the safety of people in other places while there's not a woman safe in South Africa. No woman can cross a field without risking her life in South Africa. So I suggest our wonderful politicians take care of business back home. Ah, give the Lord a praise, okay? I don't care what your political affiliation. So whatever you need, God says, I am bigger. Whatever your challenge, God says, I am greater. And yes, our, our theme scripture for 2024, Ephesians 3 verse 20, to God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, not just above, not slightly above, exceedingly. That's why, you know, when we bless people, it should always surpass their expectation. Not somebody's worked for you in your company and it happened to somebody that, that I know, he worked for one of my uncles. Shouldn't maybe say this on public TV. Hello, all my women's and tannies, my yellows, I'm all in the yellow. I mean, the guy worked for him for 40 years. 40 years, faithfully worked with him. And he always thought, oh, something's going to happen the day I retire. And they gave him a little plaque. Just a little plaque to say, thank you for 40 years of service. But that man helped him build his company. We should be like God. We should be extravagant. We should not be slightly above. We should be exceedingly, abundantly above. Come on, say amen. When we bless people, they should stand, wow, I, I'm hungry. Oh, I am, you know, somebody that, that needs clothes. You don't go find your secondhand clothes with uh, moth-eaten holes in them and you think you are doing somebody a favor by blessing them with your second best. No, we have to be like God. 
Because when God blesses you, He doesn't bless you with second-hand stuff. Come on, He doesn't bless you with insignificant stuff. He didn't bless you with a little bit of love. He blessed, blessed you with all the love He had. He loved you extravagantly. He demonstrated heaven's overflow when He sent Jesus Christ to die for you and me on the cross. True story, a missionary. Many, many years ago from... Um, America, thank God, Australia, South Africans won't think like this. And uh, people sent them on the mission field in India used tea bags. Think about how loving that is. Being a missionary on the other side and you get a tea bag and it's only been used once. But you can go to the shop and buy another tea bag. That missionary is sacrificing his life for Jesus. That's why Jesus comments on people that are extravagant givers. He never spoke about people in the Bible that just gave because they had. He talks about the widow with the two mites. She gave extravagantly. She gave in overflow. It was only two mites, but her attitude, her generosity, her spirit attracted the presence of God. Like that woman with the alabaster box when she broke that, that's a year's wages. She came and she loved Jesus extravagantly and Jesus forgave her extravagantly. He said, your sins were many, but you are now forgiven because to whom much love, much is forgiven. Come on family, let's not be these tight-fisted Christians. Let's be like our Father. Let's be people of overflow. Let's love with overflow. Let's share the gospel of Jesus Christ with overflow. Let's pray for the sick with overflow. Let's encourage, oh come on, with overflow in the name of Jesus. Let's be a people of overflow the way God is, a God of overflow. I mean, when, 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 when you came to God, He forgave you completely. But sometimes we forgive people for certain things and other things we hold against them. How does that even work? If your trillion sins were forgiven because of God's mercy, God's overflow, love, demonstrated through forgiveness, we want to hold certain things and hold people ransom. And what do we do through that? We put ourselves in bondage and we lose the life of overflow because overflow starts from within. That's why the first thing I said, El Shaddai, is your nourisher. You have to allow God to nourish you. You have to allow God to love you completely. You have to allow God to cleanse your heart, to purify your motives. You have to allow God to reside on the inside of you because your life will flow from that inner relationship. From your belly will flow rivers of living water. So, 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 so we can't have sluice gates that we are generous or loving in certain areas, but in other areas we just switch off the tap? No. We have to get into God's presence. We have to jump into the river. We have to get baptized with the presence of God so we become just like God. We become love bugs, man. We become hug bugs, please, man. We become people of generosity and people of blessing because that's what God said to Abraham. I'm going to bless you with overflow and you're not going to hoard it for yourself. This overflow is going to turn you into my image and you shall be a blessing. Listen, as long as things flow from you, things are gonna flow to you. You give mercy, mercy is gonna come. You give love, 
Love is going to come. You give generosity, generosity is going to come. And I never expected this in my next scripture. I was preparing and God spoke about CRC. And that's why I was so anti-COVID. Because Satan wants to intimidate us, inhibit us to stop moving forward. So people begin to play it safe. People build walls around themselves. People begin to live for self. And God said to me just like this, CRC, the minute you stop planning the expansion of my kingdom, the oil, the anointing will stop flowing through your church. There will be just enough for people to drink. But He's not a God of just enough. Some of you are living in a place of just enough because you are just thinking about your needs and your wants and your desires all the time. And you're not walking in the place and dimension that God's called you to walk and live. And that is out on the water, in that place where Jesus walks with you, in that place where you open, in that place where you release, because you're gonna find the God of overflow, not in the safety of the boat. You're not gonna find the God of overflow in a, in a, in a corner holding on for dear life. That's why for us to expand and Cape Town is with us, into Cape Town in a very powerful way is not a consideration. It is a must. That's why we have to continue to expand God's kingdom every year. As well, David expanded God's kingdom that God's hand of blessing was upon Israel. The moment he lost focus, God's hand lifted from the nation. Think about it as a businessman. Isaiah 54 will preach about that. Yes, you need to be wise, but you have to live forward-minded. You cannot be intimidated by yesterday, the disappointments, what you went through in COVID, the failures. Anybody that's ever achieved any level of success has had many failures. But what is it to be a success? To get up one more time than your previous failure, come on, and to keep on keeping on. You don't become intimidated. Come on, man, Abram. You are not Abram, you will be Abraham. Abraham, come on, blessed by God, by El Shaddai, shout my best days are ahead of me. So He's a God of more when life gives you less. He's more than your heartache. He's more than your pain. But you can hold on to your pain and miss the blessing. You need to allow God to nourish you. You need to allow God to pour into you. He's more than what you have lost. Amen. You lost a child, God's going to bless you. Because He's a God of restoration. Go read the book of Job. He's more than your fear. I'm going to say it again. Get ready for your impossibility. Because if it's, imp if it's impossible, God's looking for somebody. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. So in the natural, when it seems impossible, when people say what they said in Haggai, the time has not come. It's not the right time. You better believe that's the time that God is looking for somebody to say, God, I believe. I believe no matter what people say, I will not believe the report of the world out there. I believe by the Spirit of God, it is time in the name of Jesus. That's a word for some of you. But you look at all the circumstances and I talk to people all the time and they say, oh, it's not the time. It's not the time. Says who? Whenever God called us to do something, it wasn't the time. When God called us to build this building, Dr. Louis, it was a recession. There was no money lying around. That's why your pastor waited for six months 
I knew what God wanted, but now I was the delayer in the guise of being a prayer. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? I knew God wanted us to do it, but what did I do? I said, now I want to hear the Lord. And I prayed. How many of you know you can shut God out when you pray sometimes? You know God says, climb out of the boat. And you say, I just want to pray about this. So let's just pray about this. God says, climb out of the boat. You don't climb out. The opportunity is going to pass you by. But there is a storm out there, Jesus. I didn't ask you whether there is a storm. I told you, climb out of the boat and walk on the water with me in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. But what do we do? We want to be safe. We want to be sure. And then we get out of faith into sentiment and we control the situation. And when we watch again, the opportunity is gone because the opportunity presents itself in the midst of a storm. When hell shows up, you better get ready for God to show up. When hell shows up, you better get ready to move with God because that's when God's going to promote you. And that's when God's glory is going to manifest. Oh, come on, say amen in Jesus' name. So I did exactly the same. I wanted another word and another word and another word and another word. Then God has a way to talk to me. He says, get busy. That's it. Because I also looked at the bank. I looked at the project and then I looked at the bank. And then I listened to my advisors, not all of them spiritual, by the way. Yeah. And, And said to me, the time is not now. I said, okay, amen to that. Because it suited me. Right? Is there anybody else honest out there? It suited me. And then I prayed. And the minute I prayed, Lord said, what are you waiting for? If God's given you a word, He doesn't have to give you another word. He doesn't give you a word. He doesn't have to give you a word on a word. Some of you have caused your own delay. And yes, the storms are real. That's why you need to be in God's presence because that's where God nourishes your faith, your courage, your strength. Those who wait upon the Lord, right? We don't change our focus, our faith, our perception because of what we face. I mean, Abraham is 99 years old. The Bible says he considered not the deadness of his own body. He could not produce in the natural. Some of you in the natural cannot. You're facing disaster in the natural. But God says, I'm El Shaddai. (laughs) God says, I am El Shaddai. In the natural, there is no hope. But just like Abraham against hope, in hope he believed that he will become the father of many nations. He did not consider his own body dead, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he was strengthened in faith, giving God glory, being fully persuaded what God had promised. God was able to perform. Hallelujah. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of us, the image of God. Who is this God that you are serving? Is He able? Is He not able? Can you go from the impossible to the possible to actually standing up one day and saying, I've done it. What next? I've done it by the grace of God. I did it. I don't know how, but I've done it in Jesus' name. And I'm not dead. I thought this was going to kill me, but this refired me. This revived me. This strengthened me. And now I'm going to take another mountain in the name of Jesus. Oh, listen to me this morning. You have to get busy with what God is wanting to do in your life. Otherwise, the blessings and the opportunities of God will pass you by. 
It's not like Abram was not walking with God. He was walking with God, but God comes to him again and says, walk with me, be blameless. I am the Almighty God. I'm El Shaddai. You look at your books, it seems challenging. You look at your business, it seems challenging. You look at your physical body, it seems challenging. But I want to remind you this morning, He is El Shaddai. He is your nourisher. He is the one who pours out into your life, into the empty spaces. But as He pours into us, I'm not getting there this morning, we, we have to allow Him to pour through us. Otherwise the blessing stops. I mean, as a church, we still could have stayed in Lady Brain. Think about that. As a church, we could have stopped this miracle in Bloemfontein. As a church, we could have stopped this miracle in Pretoria. But we've not done it. We allowed the oil to flow. And we will continue to allow the oil to flow. Now all over Europe, all over Asia, through television, we will continue. We don't have to know how. We just have to obey God and never, listen, become stagnant and stale and negative and cynical no matter what. Because when you are there, it's because you have lost focus of who He is. That's why God has to come to Abram and remind him. Before God even talks about his life and his future, He says, I am the Almighty God. Because the image, the picture you have of God in your mind affects every area of your life. I am. And I had to sort that out when all the counselors, and I always take counsel, I had to sort that out to say, I know you want this done, God. I don't know how, but I'm going to trust you and you will sustain me. And I mean, when we build that building, it's a little example. You're sitting in it on the, on the version of impossible to possible to done that when we did it, it seemed totally impossible. And then when we started and I signed that contract initially, it was only 80 million rand. But listen, it was more than, I don't want to say how much it was. How the cost increased, like it just ran away. And I thought, what did you know, Bosov? What do you What do you But I had to walk with God. I had to walk in faith. I had to. Because when you're on the water, you have to walk with God. When you're not on the water, you can become comfortable and suck your thumb and become opinionated and you stop doing what God called you to do. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Come on, family. God bless you. It's not our time to roll over. It's our time to stand up and take over. It's our time to get ready for great exploits. Come on in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, give Him a praise if you are ready for overflow. If you are ready for God to activate you, take you to another place in Him. Allow Him to nourish you because I'll tell you, when you spend time in the presence of God, God's going to kickstart you. God's going to fire you up. God's going to lift you up. And when you become that eagle, you see what God sees and your vision is restored and your strength is restored and you want to become a runner for God again to do all that God has called you to do. Come on, you may be 99 years old, but God is not done with you. God is not finished with you. It's time for you to get up and a time for you to believe my best days are ahead of me. Like Caleb said, as my strength was then for war, so now my strength is. Give me this mountain that the Lord spoke of in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, say amen if it's meant for you. You better believe it. If it's meant for you, if it's God's plan for you, then God will make a way.
take your seat for a moment, thank you. He'll make a way. By firstly nourishing you. That's a very important aspect. That's why we start there. Because if you camp at hurt, disappointment, despondency, betrayal, too long, it becomes you. As our Bible says, faith worketh by love. And there's no faith without love. And love is seen in forgiveness. Sometimes you have to forgive yourself. Dare I even say it, some of you are angry with God. And you feel like you have to forgive Him. Things happen, but I want to tell you, God is not the cause of it. Every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father. He's not the cause of it. He's not the one behind it. He's the one that wants to repair it, restore, heal, deliver. He's not the one. The Bible says in, in James chapter 1, let no one say when he's tempted, when he's going through a trial, a test, a tribulation, God is doing this to me. It says God cannot be tested with evil and neither does he test any human being with evil. That's not God. That's Satan casting doubt on who God is. God says, I know who I am. He proclaims his name to Moses, merciful, righteous, God of justice. Jesus reveals him as love. Not as a God who has love. He is love personified. Our Father. Yes, we don't understand everything, but you can't begin to doubt God because then your faith will be shipwrecked. Then there's no way for you to move forward. I'm sure Abraham had many questions. I mean, he's 99 years old. Give me a break. 75 when God comes to him. Hello, Lord. Couldn't you do it earlier? I mean, I'm 40. I still don't have a baby. How about Sarah, 65? And then 25 years later, she still doesn't have a baby. And don't tell me she was this young 90-year-old. After God touched her, He didn't overall on her. We know that. That's clear in the Bible. Because one of the kings desired her. Don't know if it was the veil that she was behind or it was actually a physical miracle. Nobody will know. But she had a baby. And that wasn't just one baby. They had many more. That was the first. So wherever Satan has, has, has taken the wind out of your sails, that's where God wants to bless you. And that's where you have to be tenacious, strong, vigilant, digging your heels and say, you won this round, devil, but you're not going to win this fight because the battle has been won and the foe has been overcome. And I have the victory through Jesus Christ. Come on. It may be a 13-year delay. I may have tried my own plans and it never worked. But today I make up my mind to put my eyes back on my God, to elevate Elohim, to elevate the Almighty, to elevate the Omnipotent. Oh, come on, to elevate El, 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 El Shaddai, the Mighty God, the Nourisher, the Replenisher, the Provider. My God shall supply all of my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So, so when we talk about overflow, everybody thinks it's about money. Money is the least. When the other things are right, the money will be there. But people hold on to so many issues. And that's why we have to have honest conversations with God and allow God to nourish us and bring us to healing and sanity and peace. Shalom, which includes 
prosperity in every area. Then God can pour. After we've been nourished and settled. But we overflow, we think money. Now money is the least. Money follows us. We don't follow money. We don't work for money. We work for God. We seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. The money comes. You better not be in business for money. You better be in business to render service to people, to better the lives of other people as a doctor, as a businessman. You don't follow money. And I want to say it because it's so shallow in charismatic circles. When you talk about overflow, everybody thinks, give me the money. Money is an it that follows and comes to those who serve Him over a period of time. Not a, God is not a get rich quick scheme. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Come on. You know what I'm saying is the truth. He taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Long before he taught us to pray about money. Some of you just pray about money. And money never cometh. As much as you say money cometh. Money cometh not. Because thy seeketh not first the kingdom of God. Thy seeketh God for money. Money, 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 money. That Jesus calls the least. You should never seek money. I mean, I know money money becomes an issue when we are focused on our needs. But the way to have your needs met is to focus on Him. Right? His kingdom. His will. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Let's not make overflow this. This is a part of it, but it's the least, and it will be as long as we are rivers and not reservoirs. Imagine God sat in heaven and said, I can't afford to give Jesus. Or Abraham said, I can't afford to give Isaac. But they obeyed. Simple obedience. I say this because, and it's not criticism against anybody. Because whenever a preacher stands up and says, how many of you financial need, don't raise your hands. Most people put up their hands. And I believe, I will believe as your pastor, it's a financial need because you want to expand God's kingdom. It's not a need just to pay bills. It's now getting quiet. So we have to turn the thing right side up. God first, seek first God's kingdom and live in a place of contentment. And seek God and allow God to come to you and nourish you, pour into you so that God can bless you. Because some of you, if you make a million rand or 10 million or 100 million tomorrow, will never see you in church again. Ja, was door, ek is nou te bezig, jy weet, ek moet op my plaas gaan kyk na my drie bokke, en dan, uh, jy weet, ek het een lekker weinplaas, jy sê, as ek wil in die kaap, en ek moet net so'n bykie gaan proe, jy weet, ja, ja, maar ek bykie die wein bykie gaan proe, ek behal onder die vinger gaan sit, hmm, 
I saw the same Bloemfontein. When God blessed the people, they stopped coming to church. Want elke het een plaas gekoop, om te wat? Om te wat? Nee, ek my skape gaan kyk. Wel een lekkie sel as laas week. Nee, my geld geniet. Wat beteken dit? Ten koste van jou saligheid. Huh? Hallo? Hallo? So what we call blessing sometimes is not blessing. Because there are more, there are people that have more money than all of us together times a hundred without God. But they don't have peace. They don't have salvation. They don't have eternal life. Oh, come on, man, in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a praise if you are saved and you know it and you've experienced the overflow of God's love. Come on, He loves you. Yes, He does. He loves you. He loves you. Allow God to love you extravagantly. Allow God to love you back into submission. Allow God to love you into surrender. Allow God to be El Shaddai and allow God to work where He wants to work not where you ask Him to work. But oftentimes in the empty spaces in your life, we'll talk about it tonight or or next week, the empty spaces, that empty space in your heart, that God void that only God can fill. Allow God to come and don't become one of these blasé graduated Christians that lose that childlike hunger and faith for God and His presence. I am the Almighty God. Walk before me. And I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Walk with me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're in Pretoria, they're in Johannesburg, in Bloemfontein, in Cape Town, all the churches with us, people still on social media. God loves you. God loves you. He demonstrated His love on the cross 2,000 years ago. Luister vir my mooi. Hy is a God van oorvloed oorvloedige geliefde, oorvloedige genade en ek sê dit vandag as ons van oorvloed praat, praat ons nie van finansies nie, finansies kom hy volg hulle by die Heerse Koninkrijk eerste soek, Matthies 6, 33, die woord is duidelik ons soek het nie, ons jaag hy dinge nie na nie, maar enig wat ons najaag is Godse teenwoordigheid you're sitting here today, you say there's an empty space in my heart I'm not right with God I understand that because I've been there Maybe that empty space returned. You served God at one time with zeal and fire. But you've wandered away from your father's house. I want to pray for you. Help you find your way back. Help you get right with God. Allow God to be your nourisher. Especially when we go through crises, plural. It's so easy. Just to shut certain doors in our heart. Maybe you shut one too many. That's like the presence of God lifts from you. I want to invite you to come back to Jesus today. To have an honest conversation with God, no matter who you are. And allow God to be your nourisher again, your El Shaddai. And allow God to establish your heart and settle you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. People praying in all our churches this morning. You say, that's me, pastor. They're in Cape Town. 
in Johannesburg, in Bloemfontein, right here in Pretoria. There's no distance in the realm of the Spirit. God's talking to you this morning. These are stirring in your heart. Jesus said, I will stand at the door of your heart and knock. If you open, I will come and sup with you. You say, how do I know God's talking to me? You'll know a little voice on the inside that says, he's talking to you. You need to get right with me. He's calling you. I mean, God comes to Abram to have a conversation. Abram could have walked away. He didn't. He responded. Be the person who responds this morning and allow Jesus to take his rightful place. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You say this morning, Pastor, that's me. I need to get back to the place I was. I want to come home. I want to return. If that's your desire this morning, quietly, wherever you are, just lift your hand. I want to say a prayer for you quickly all over this place. Raise it up. Raise it up high, quickly. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Raise it up. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Slip it up. Say yes. Vanochtend. Als die woeling in jou hart, God praat met jou, tel jou aan van die hoop, sê jy, sluit my na gebed, en dankie daarboe, God bless you, bless you, bless you, God bless you, God bless you, put your hand on your heart, pray, everybody pray, say this this morning, say Lord Jesus, I give myself back to you, thank you for loving me, extravagantly, thank you for dying, for all my sin, on the cross, I believe, you rose from the grave, and I believe you're alive, Today, I invite you to fill every area of my life, to heal me and to release me from my past. Thank you for a new day and for a new life and for freedom through Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.